Hi guys, uh, Pastor Greg Corcoran here from Battlefield Baptist Church. Uh, pray that this sermon is a blessing, an encouragement, and a challenge to you in your walk with the Lord. Additionally, I just wanted to say that if we here at Battlefield can ever be a blessing to you, please don't hesitate to contact us. And the best way to do that is through our website at battlefieldbaptist.org. Again, I pray this sermon blesses you, encourages you, and uh, that you'll fall more in love with God, more in love with his word, and more in love with people. Amen. What a wonderful name. What a powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Happy New Year to each and every one of you. Hold on a second. Will you say Happy New Year to me? Happy New Year. Okay, babe. thank you. All right, all right, all right, okay. <laughs> well, it's good to be in the Lord's house, amen? And as Travis said this morning, thank you for making it a priority to start the new year right. Right? 9 a.m. we had Bible studies, got into God's word, and we're going to do the same uh, during our worship service. And I appreciate you making the effort to be here. I do want to ask you to pray for a number of our families that are dealing with illnesses. Many are traveling, as you could imagine. Uh, many of you are probably wondering where our, my oldest son, Colby, and his wife are. They did not make it. Uh, they were victims of the Southwest Airlines uh, tragedy this past week. And so uh, they are uh, in, in uh, Missouri. And so uh, unfortunately, they were not able to come and be with us, but uh, thankful uh, that they are able to spend time with one another this, uh, this week. I want to ask you to pray for a number of folks. As I said, um, I know I talked to uh, uh, the DeForest family about Doug and uh, praying for his health and those that are dealing uh, with recovery. A lot of people have just dealing with a lot of flu and, and still COVID's out there and all these other things are still out there. I want to ask you to pray for Doug. Uh, also, Dusty and Jane Rhodes are still recovering. Uh, Stan and Donna and Miss Hester Reed are all recovering from being sick. Uh, I know... Uh, uh, Sue's brother, Stan, we want to pray for Stan Stone, and, and there's a whole lot of different, even his mother-in-law and, and everything that's going on there with his health, but his health is deteriorating, and so I know that Sue would appreciate uh, our prayers uh, for him. Elmer Preston, uh, Pap, is, uh, is, is going ups and downs, and so we want to keep him in prayer. Barry Barlow, it's good to see Barry. Where is he at? Barry is back here. Amen. It's good to see Barry back from... From Philadelphia, also ask you to pray for Vicki Wilcox uh, with her continued uh, health crises and just pray, you know, she's feeling better and then takes a step back and so just continue to pray for her. Also, um, uh, many of you saw um, uh, Jason Robinson, used to be a member here years ago when I first became the pastor and then they moved to uh, Oklahoma and if you know the story of Jason's health, you know that uh, he was going to need a heart transplant at some point in the future. That is now upon us, and he is in the hospital in Oklahoma awaiting uh, a heart. And uh, it's an anxious time for him, him and his family, so I'd ask you to pray for Jason and the family, but also, seriously, let's pray for the donor's family. Right? You don't get a heart, you don't get a liver, you don't get a kidney without there being somebody who who gives that, uh, that, that, that opportunity. So let's pray for that all the way around. And then I received word of Mary Fellens, uh, Ron Fellens' wife. Um, she will be having surgery to relieve some fluid. Uh, they had done some studies, to, uh, some tests and MRIs uh, on February the 1st. She'll be having uh, brain surgery again. She had this surgery in 2016. They're going to go back and remove some fluid, uh, appears to be a mass there, and so they're looking uh, to take care of that right away. Uh, before we get started, can I do something? I want to say thank you to all of those who are part of our card ministry. I know Jackie uh, Owens leads our card ministry. She's upstairs with the children's, uh, children right now. But this year, our card ministry literally sent right at 500 Christmas cards to seven nursing homes around our area. That's amazing. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And then also, not only cards to the nursing homes, but all of our ministries, all of our missionaries and ministry partners all around the world received cards this year. 
And then I want to thank all of you who did cards for our very own missionary, Joanne Foltz. She received it just a couple of days after Christmas, uh, but maybe you saw her post of gratitude, thanking all of us for sending her a card uh, on the 25th anniversary of her being approved as a missionary in Tanzania. And so we're very, very grateful for Joanne. And I just wanted to say thank you to each of you who had a part in that. Uh, okay, so let's get into God's Word. Why, why don't we do that, amen? If you have your Bible, and I pray that you do, turn with me to Psalm 1. Psalm 1, I believe it's an appropriate place for us to start as we get into the new year. And certainly, uh, we have uh, already said Happy New Year, and I pray that this uh, year will be a year of great spiritual growth for each and every one of us. I pray that lives will continue to be changed by the power of the gospel. Uh, after all, Romans 1.16 declares that it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. All right, and so we want to pray that lives will be changed, and I pray that the Lord will be honored and glorified in this place in 2023. Let's look at Psalm 1 and uh, see, what, see what God has for us this morning. Beginning in verse number 1. The Bible said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Watch verse 4 and following. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity that we have been given this morning to sing praises under your holy name. What a beautiful name. The name of Jesus. The name above all names. The name that one day every knee and every tongue will confess. Lord, we give you the praise for the name. We give you the praise for what you have done through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we're thankful for the gift of forgiveness, the gift of eternal life that we can have for those that call upon the name of the Lord. Father, we think of all the ones that have been mentioned and many others who may be here, maybe have relatives who are, who are recovering from illnesses. Lord, I pray that you would show yourself to be strong today and in the days ahead to be the great physician. And we know that, Lord, whether we're, whether we're healed on this side or on the other side, Lord, we know that soon and very soon we are going to see you as you are. And so, Lord, I pray that you would comfort lives, that you will give grace where grace is needed and strength where strength is needed and wisdom where it is needed. And certainly, Lord, we are a needy people. But, God, I'm thankful that we can come to your throne of grace and mercy to find help in our time of need. Lord, as I often pray, I pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. As we begin a new year, Lord, I'm reminded that you are my redeemer. You are my strength and redeemer. And Lord, I give you the praise for what you'll do in the next few moments of time as we look at your word. God, may you speak to us. May you draw us. May you do exactly what you desire to do in this place today. And we'll give you the praise for it. And we pray this in the precious and powerful name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen and amen. Well, this morning, uh, Happy New Year. I want to begin the new year by asking a simple question. And I don't know if they've got it. I want to ask you this question. Boom, maybe not. Which way do you choose? I want to ask you which way do you choose this year? Every one of us are going to make a choice to how we live. And certainly as this new year begins to unfold, we must all choose carefully. I believe we must choose carefully how you and I intend to live. In our text this morning, if you notice with me, you'll see the word way three times in six verses. And so it's making, the Bible is making it abundantly clear that there are two ways in this life. Verse three points 
to the fact that there's a way that prospers. And then verse 6 actually points to a way that says perishes. And so we're, we're faced with this choice, whether we like it or not. As we begin 2023, we're either going to choose to prosper. And I'm not talking about financial prosperity. I'm not talking about some kind of get-rich-quick scheme. I'm talking about the idea of prospering in Jesus Christ. Or we're going to choose a way that perishes. A way that leads to destruction, if you please. Obviously, these ways and these two paths that are referenced here in Scripture are describing a couple of different categories of people, and you see it all throughout Scripture. And, you know, we talk about believer, unbeliever. We talk about saved and lost and godly and ungodly and sinner and saint. By the way, before we get our halos on too tight, the only difference between a saint and a sinner is the grace that saves us. Amen? If you're a sinner, you're qualified for salvation. We need to be careful about that. But I believe these two ways not only allude to this saved, lost, believer, or unbeliever, but I also believe these two ways reveal also what's going on in our heart. And so as we begin 2023, that's kind of odd to even say, isn't it? I remember back when it seemed like 2020 was so far away. I remember back when I was a boy thinking that I would never see 2026, and yet, and I may not see 2026. <laughs> We're not there yet. But it seems so far away. And yet here we are in 2023. I believe these two ways that Scripture is speaking about also reveal what's going on in our heart today. And so before we go any further, before we delve any further in this passage, I want you and I want me, I want us all to make sure of what group you're in. Are you in a group that is walking in a way that prospers? Are you in the group that is walking in a way that the Bible talks about that it perishes? See, because nothing is more important than understanding. See, being uncertain, it's like, well, I'm not sure. I think I'm saved. I hope I'm saved. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. There, listen, being uncertain is dangerous. I don't want anybody to be uncertain about where they're headed after this service ends. And so you say, hold on. Are you putting the cart before the horse? No, I think we ought to put the cart before the horse in this regard. Because guess what? If you are uncertain about what group you are in, can I just stop and tell you right now that Jesus loves you? This I know, for the Bible tells me so, all right? If you don't know which group you're in, if you don't know that you are on the narrow way that leads to life, maybe, maybe you're saying, man, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm on the broad way that leads to destruction. Can I tell you that Jesus loves you and he wants you to walk in a way that brings him honor and a way that brings him glory? So maybe you're here and you say, listen, I, I, I really don't understand it all. I've been asking God to show me what is right, you know, what, it, what is the good and right path for my life. Can I tell you that Jesus loves you and God so loved the world that he actually came, he sent his son to come and to die on a cross? And Jesus is the only way. He is the only truth and he is the only life that leads to God the Father. And so please don't be uncertain you say, well, what do I do? Listen, don't be uncertain about what group you're in because Scripture is very, very clear about God's love and His plan for us. And this isn't even in really the message. This is just kind of like a little sidebar before we even get into the Scripture. The reality is that maybe you are here and you've never turned away from your sin. Maybe you think you're doing things all good and you're serving and you're giving and you're doing all these things. But can I tell you, Christianity is not a religion of do. It is a, it is a relationship of done. It has already been done. There's nothing that you have to do that is going to get you to heaven. By faith, we receive Christ. Maybe you've never turned from your sin. Maybe you've never confessed your belief in a risen Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, who we just finished talking about, was born of a virgin, lived a sinless, spotless life, went to an old rugged cross, put, his, put our sin upon himself, died in our place, was buried in a borrowed tomb, and then three days later, the Bible talks about how he rose victoriously, conquering death, hell, and the grave. And the reality is God loved you so much that he did not and does not want you to spend an eternity separated from him. And the reality is, for by grace are we saved through faith. It is not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. When it says, Scripture says it is not of ourselves, it means there is nothing you can do. There is nothing I can do. There is nothing 
other than Jesus Christ. The way, the truth, and the life. So the first step would be on this, on this way, so to speak, the prospers, would be to make certain that you are in the group. The group that is identified as a believer. The group that is identified as a, as, as a saint. By the way, I, 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 sometimes I don't even get, I'm not really comfortable uh, you know, reading as Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, the saints, and, and we see this over and over. Maybe you're like me, I'm not really comfortable calling myself a saint. And yet that's what God sees if we are in Christ Jesus. Again, this psalm offers us the facts, two ways, two, two types of people, two ways of living, and, and the choice that we make. Look at Psalm 1, because it's particularly important as we stand at the threshold of a new year. Some may take great comfort in the words of this psalm. Why? Because it talks about the fact that God's word will actually sustain us. It's a way that prospers, and, a, and God knows the way of the righteous. And so we may take comfort in this, but there are some people who may read Psalm 1 and be like, whoa. I'm not sure I really like that because I like to be in control of my life. I don't like to follow other people's directions, other people's ways, because I like to make choices for myself. Anybody ever been there, done that like me? You ever make choices on your own? I always say, if you know me, you know I always say, we make choices and choices make us. So what choice will we make? Either way... We make a choice. You say, well, I'm not going to make a choice today. By that very statement, you just made a choice. If that's what you're thinking, you're saying, I hear what he's saying. He's going to try and trick us. He's going to get in here. He's going to try and trick us. And I'm not going to be moved today. I'm not going to make a choice. You just made a choice by saying that in your head or in your heart this morning. You know, I don't know about you, but I think most people, whether they're believers or not, I think most people want to be blessed you know, I don't, think, I don't think that most people have a fatal desire to, to be unhappy. I think most people, whether they would classify themselves as a believer or unbeliever, I believe that most people want to enjoy life. They want to be blessed. I mean, sure, there's always those that uh, love misery, you know, and, and it's the old idea of misery loves company. They want us to join them on the trip of misery. But I think most people want to enjoy life. And although it seems that as, more, as the older I get, it seems that people are searching for blessings and happiness in all the wrong places, Scripture actually gives us some good news in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 13 and 14. Notice what it says here. It says, happy, happy or blessed is what it's saying, is the man that finds wisdom and the man that getteth understanding, watch this, for the merchandise of it is better is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain or the value thereof is better than fine gold. Folks, this is not speaking about the wisdom of the world. This is actually speaking about the wisdom and the understanding that can only come from God and His Word. Amen? Are we awake on New Year's? Too much partying last night, didn't you? Well, we're going to have remedial class. No, it's good to see you this morning. Think about this. Blessed is a man. Notice it says, happy is a man. Blessed, the one who finds wisdom and the man who gets understanding. Oh, listen, as we've pointed out two ways. God, by the way, God knows both of them. He knows the way that prospers and he actually knows the way that perishes. In fact, it's confirmed all throughout Scripture in Proverbs 14, 12. It's also echoed in Proverbs 16, 25. The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the ways thereof are the ways of death. Now, this, this phrase, way or the way, is speaking, and I'm going to say it over and over. It's speaking of a road or a course of life, a course of action, the way that you and I live. And so there's a way that you and I live. There's a road that you and I typically take that... Sometimes we think's right, but that's when we are not following the wisdom of God, but we're following our own wisdom. Notice the Bible also says in Psalm 37, 5, commit thy way, same word, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. In other words, when you and I commit the way, our way, the road or course of life or the actions that we take, when we commit them unto the Lord, He's the one that secures the happy ending, the blessed or happy ending in our life. Oh, my friends, Jesus Christ is the vine. You and I are merely the branches. Without the vine, you and I can do nothing. Amen? 
We can do nothing. In Proverbs 12 and 28, the Bible says, In the way, the well-traveled road, again, here we go again, of righteousness is life. And in the pathway, same word, thereof is no death. In contrast, though, Proverbs 15, 9 tells us, The way or road of the wicked is an abomination. By the word, that word abomination means it's disgusting. It's disgusting to God. So let me just stop. This isn't even in the message, but I was thinking about this this morning as I read this verse. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he loveth him that follow after righteousness. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll, I'll whisper it. It doesn't matter what it is. If scripture says it's an abomination, it's an abomination to God. I'm not God, I'm just the messenger, right? We have to quit playing, playing games with God's word and trying to change what God's word says. If it's an abomination, it's an abomination. Notice the Bible says the way of the wicked is an abomination. It's disgusting unto the Lord, but he that loveth him, he loveth him that follows or runs after righteousness. Friends, this is all about the way that you and I are reading about here in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man. And so, again, as we start this new year, the choices that we make are actually going to determine the way or the life that we live. And so in order to live a blessed life that prospers, I'm just going to give you a couple of things this morning, and hopefully you'll take them, and hopefully you'll put them to, uh, to use in your life. And if you're a note taker, here it is. If you want to live a blessed life that prospers, then you're going to need to choose to resist the influence of evil. Because there's all types of people out there who will try to influence you in a way that is not right. It may seem right, but it is a way that leads to death. And so we have to be careful of this idea of influence. The reality of our life is that our heart, our mind, our thinking, our emotional life, if, it is, if, it is, if it's not grounded, if it's not being shaped by the truth of God's word, then it's going to be grounded and it's going to be shaped by something else. Do you see that? Have you ever been grounded or shaped by something other than God? Oh my, right? Happy New Year. Hey, let me just take the time and say Happy New Year. Everybody do this. Go, oh, ah. Andy, thank you. Andy's participating. Dean is participating. Everybody else says, I will not participate. I came here. He ought to be happy I'm sitting here. How dare he want me to be awake? Oh, friends, happy new year. You, you want to know the only reason you're able to be here? It's because of the one that we are worshiping today. This is his word. This is his message. This is what he wants us to hear. He's talking about to you and to me. By the way, he's talked to me about it all week. You guys only get to hear it once. Come back, I'll do it again. After lunch, if you want. He's talking. He's trying to remind us that if we want to be blessed, if we want to enjoy a 2023 of blessings, then there are some things that we have to take into consideration. There is a way that seems right on a man, but the ways thereof are the ways of death. He says, listen, quit following your way and start following my way if you want to be blessed. And so he says, you're going to have to resist the influence of evil. Listen, if we're not being grounded or shaped by God's word, the reality is we're being shaped and grounded by something else. And if that something else is anything other than Jesus Christ and in him crucified and in his word, then we're in trouble. You know, sometimes I have allowed myself to be shaped by my personal preferences. Anybody else? You're like, well, I just don't feel good or I don't feel like it. You know what? 90% of the work done is done by people who don't feel good. I wanted to say that to my wife yesterday, but I knew she would scold me if I did. She had a headache yesterday. And if you know my wife's migraines, you know they are horrible. Horrible. She's wearing the ice cap yesterday. That's a good look, by the way. The ice cap. Listen, if I allow myself to be governed, if I allow myself to be shaped or molded by my personal preferences, which, by the way, are not always according to God's word, that's a dangerous proposition. If I'm allowing myself to be uh, grounded or shaped by social media, 
If I allow myself to be grounded by the social justice, the CRT crowd, the political crowd, the pop culture crowd, or, by the way, let me just throw this out there, if I'm allowing myself to be shaped by well-intentioned Christian authors and books, that may be good, but this is better. You say, well, that, that author's talking about God. No, no, listen, this is better. This is, this is the word of God. I don't care what a Christian author or a Christian commentator or a Christian radio jockey or whatever they are are saying, unless it lines up with the Word of God, listen, this is what's best. It may be even good for you. I'm not, I, listen, don't go away from here like, oh, he doesn't like Christian. No, no, I read other books too. But I'm just saying, this has to trump all other books. If you're putting something above the Word of God, you're in trouble. If I'm being governed by anything other than God and His Word, I'm in trouble. It's not very long before I'm going to have issues. That's why I say we have to resist the evil influences in our lives. That's why Scripture tells us in Romans 3 and verse 4, it says, Let God be true and every man a liar. Look back at verse number 1. Verse number 1 in Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. This is speaking about the person. The ungodly person is the one without God. It goes on, it says, Nor stands in the way of sinners, those that do evil. Right? Not going to, listen, you want to be blessed, then you got to quit walking in the counsel of the ungodly. By the way, there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. Just be careful of who you're getting the counsel from. You know, I very rarely have people who make big decisions in their life. This is crazy. I very rarely, now I shouldn't say rarely, very rarely, but rarely, do people consult their pastor before they make huge decisions. They just make decisions. Well, brother, I just, I just, I got, I was talking to this person, I was talking to this person. How about talking to your pastor who is praying for you? who is trying to give you the very best that God has for your life. We don't, we don't even consult the pastor. We don't even consult our Sunday school teacher, our Bible study teacher. We don't even consult brothers or sisters in Christ many times. Instead, who we consult, we consult somebody who works with us. We consult somebody in the marketplace, and we make huge life decisions, and then we want to know why things went wrong. Back to verse number one. The Bible says, blessed is a man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners. Now watch this, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. The scornful person is the person who sits around mocking God. The person who mocks God, the person who mocks his church, who mocks his word, who mocks his messenger. This is what the scornful person does. And the Bible says, if you want to be blessed, then you're not going to hang out. Because there's a power of influence. See, the psalmist, look in verse 1. The psalmist isn't saying, don't be ungodly, because guess what? We're all ungodly. God loved us even when we were, while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Romans 5, 6 says that Christ died for the ungodly. That's me, that's you. So we're already ungodly. The psalmist doesn't say, don't be ungodly. The psalmist doesn't say, don't act like a sinner, because guess what? We're all sinners. The only difference is we're sinners who have been saved by grace. The psalmist doesn't even say, don't mock, uh, don't mock God's word or people. Instead, the psalmist is actually warning us to stay away from those people or the things that will influence or impact our life because he understands and God understands that influence is powerful. That's why it's so important that we be good stewards of our influence, amen? Oh, we have to be careful when we walk. If we walk in the counsel of the ungodly, we invariably begin to pick up ungodly thinking. If I'm hanging around with people who don't love God, who don't love his word, listen, I'm going to be impacted by the people that I hang around. Good morning. I'm going to be impacted by those people. And so as, if I'm hanging out with the ungodly person, then guess what? The reality is I'm going to start thinking like that person. I'm going to start acting like that person. You say, no, never. Oh, yes, it will happen that way. Not only, and look back in verse 1, not only is it true if we walk in the counsel of the godly, it goes on, if we stand in the way of sinners, guess what? There's no doubt that if you and I stand in the way of sinners, soon and very soon we're going to be following in the way of sinners. We're going to start doing exactly what they do. And sadly, if we sit in the seat of the scornful, you know what that's talking about? That's like getting over here, and go sitting down. I know this isn't going to be good for a lighting person. I'm going to go sit down. And I'm going to hang out with a lot of people who just talk bad about God. 
I'm going to go sit around people who talk bad about the church. I'm going to go sit around, just hear what everybody, how everybody's talking about uh, the, the people up at that church. Man, did you know all those women up at Battlefield? Mm, 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 mm. Bunch of hypocrites. There's a bunch of hypocrites at Walmart too, but you go to Walmart, don't you? It's crazy. We've allowed the world to feed us a bunch of junk. Come on, if we want to live a blessed life that prospers, we got to not allow ourselves to be influenced with a bunch of evil thinking, a bunch of evil doing, a bunch of evil saying. Because the reality is you and I are shaped by the sources of input we receive. And guess what? In 2023, we receive all types of input sources. We got people talking in our ear. We got little phones in our hands. Oh, hello, don't get me started on that. That's a whole message in and of itself. Can I tell you something? Be careful of your phone. Men, be careful of your phone. Women, be careful of your phone. Well, I'm just scrolling through Pinterest. I don't care what it's called. Be careful of it. Right? Because everything you're scrolling through, everything you're looking is influencing you. Oh, well... I'm involved in this or I'm involved in this. We have to be so careful because influence is everywhere. Good, bad, or ugly, you and I are all susceptible to influence. That's why it's so important that we choose choose to be influenced by God and his word. Oh, listen, the bad momentum of influence is a powerful weapon in our adversary, the devil who walks about seeking whom he may devour. And this, this type of momentum gains steam when you and I do not live according to God's word. When we decide to live according to our own thoughts, according to our own ways, then guess what? This momentum of evil influence gains steam in our life. Why? Because we have wholeheartedly decided to shut God's word, discount what God has to say. And we've chosen to listen to what everybody else has to say. But the Bible says the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Oh, friends, we have to be careful about this, this idea. Look at verse 1. It says, blessed is a man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. This word blessed, by the way, comes from the Hebrew word, which, which at its root actually means to be straight or to be right. So in other words, if you want to be blessed... Sir, ma'am, young person, you want to be blessed in 2023, then the way to be blessed is to be right, to be straight with God. You say, well, I'm hiding a little something. Can I, can I blow the myth there? You can't hide anything from God. You might hide it from your spouse. You might hide it from your kids. Kids, you may think you're hiding it from mom and dad. You're probably not, but you might think you are hiding it from your parents or your grandparents, but we do not hide anything from God. You remember last week I was even referencing, I think it was on Christmas Eve, uh, I was referencing the, the fact that when Adam and Eve sinned, you remember the very, first, the very first question that's asked in Genesis chapter 3 is God says, where are you? Do you think God already knew where they were? Listen, he knows. He knows. We have to be so careful. As believers, we're blessed because we are in Christ, and we are blessed because we abide in Christ. After Christ comes in, I put this in my notes, after Christ comes into our hearts and our lives, our behavior is different. Why? Because our beliefs are different. Our behavior is different because our beliefs are different. Therefore, the places we go, the books we read, the crowd we hang out with should not should not be impacting us. We should be the ones impacting them because Christ is living on the inside of us. By the way, I know some people will say, well, you're talking about not hanging out, not walking in the way of sinners, not uh, 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 standing, uh, uh, walking in the way of the ungodly, standing in the way of sinners, or sitting in the seat of the scornful. You're talking about this, uh, but you know what? Uh, I have a ministry to uh, sinners. I, I'm supposed to go out and, and reach the world for Christ. Yeah, we are. But it doesn't mean you have to hang out with them. It doesn't mean you're supposed to go to all the places that, that dishonor God, do all the things that bring God shame, just so you think you can win somebody to Christ. You know, Jesus... Jesus actually was a friend of sinners. I know that's what some of you are thinking. Brother, Jesus was a friend of sinners. Yes, he was, but he never allowed himself to be distracted from his father's will. 
He was a friend of sinners, but he, and, and he's still a friend of sinners today, but he's never, ever been distracted from his father's will. And we have to be careful. It's been said that the counsel of the ungodly is like listening to the philosophies of someone who seeks to understand their own existence and control without regard for God. I think about Psalm 14 and 1, and it also is echoed in Psalm 53, 1. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. But if I go to James chapter 4 and verse number 8, the Bible admonishes us to draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to us. You see, in the end, you and I are going to make a choice today. We're going to make a choice tomorrow. And you may even make a choice today when you walk out of here and say, you know what, I'm going to recommit myself to walking in a way that brings God honor and glory. Guess what? You're going to have to make that choice after lunch. You're going to have to make that choice after dinner tonight. And you'll have to make that choice tomorrow when you wake up. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Listen, it's an ongoing walk. Listen, we have to be careful of what we choose and what we allow ourselves to be influenced by. So if we want a blessed life that prospers, we have to choose to resist the influence of evil. And then secondly, we must choose God's instruction every day. Look at verse 2. Verse 2, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. See, we're going to be influenced. So whether we're being influenced or whether we're being instructed, we're going to choose where that influence and where that instruction comes from. And we either choose to allow it to come from God's word or we're going to make the choice that says, you know what, I'm going to make the choice because I'm in control of my life. Guess what? That's a way that leads to destruction. And by the way, I would suggest that that's a way of thinking that would cause me to question my relationship with someone. You say, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm married, as you know. Anybody here married? Been married, done that, been there, done that? There's a way, watch this, there's a way that may seem right unto me in my marriage. But there may be ways that may seem right unto me, but according to my wife, those ways would be the ways of death. I got echo over here. <laughs> you see how, to me, that's crazy. We would like recognize that. We would say, yeah, that's right. And yet, when we hear there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the ways thereof are the ways of death in Scripture, we go, eh, I'm not so sure. I, I do a pretty good job of managing my own life, God. I know there, Lord, I know there's a lot of people who need help. And so, Lord, I'm going to give you a break this week. Go help. Uh, I'm going to pick on Debbie because I'm going to get it. Go help Debbie. De Debbie needs your help this week. Go, go help Tim. Go help Tim. Go, you know, go, go help Andy. He was stretching over there. Go help him, right? I, I got it under control this week. The moment you think that, the moment you say that, you're headed for trouble. You see, because we have to choose God's instruction every day because the Bible says, blessed is the man, watch, skip everything else in verse 1. We just talked about what is blessed, but it goes on. Blessed is the man or woman, verse 2, who delights in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he or she meditate day and night. According to this psalm, those who constantly delight in God's word, in other words, those who are attentive, those who are receptive to what God is saying in his word, will be the ones who live blessed lives. The ungodly not only refuse God's teaching, but they're unwilling to accept his instruction. Therefore, if we're unwilling to accept God or his teaching, here's what we do in a sense. We cut ourselves off from his blessings. We say, guess what, God? I don't want any of you. I don't want your word. I don't want your instruction. I'm in control. I'm going to live the way I want to live. You see what's happening? The further and further I am getting away from God's word, there's no hope for me to expect to be blessed. And I'm not talking again. Please don't be confused. I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel where you're going to be blessed financially or otherwise. Listen, you know, there are people who are blessed financially. There are people who are blessed physically. There are people who are blessed emotionally and spiritually and on and on. 
All blessings come from God. He is the Father of good and perfect gifts. Verse 1, the blessed person does not walk with, stand in the way, or sit around with the type of person that is ungodly, a sinner, or scornful towards God or His Word, but instead delights, as verse 2 says, in the law of the Lord. By the way, the Hebrew word for delight means pleasure. means pleasure. Hence, there's going to be a desire. It's going to be seen as concretely a valuable thing to get into God's Word. Why? Because God's Word is not a book of fables, myths, or legends. The child of God, for the one who has been made righteous by Christ, John 17, 17, reminds us, as Jesus said, that God's Word is the very Word of truth. It's God-breathed and infallible. Infallible Word of God. That means it's dependable. It means you can take it to the bank. You can depend on what God's Word has to say. It's not only infallible, it's inerrant. In other words, that means it's incapable of being wrong. You say, well, brother, I found, I found over here. Now, I, I, I get, I'm always looking. I'm always searching for where God called somebody this, and then over here they used a different name. That tells me where your heart is, if that's your desire. If your desire is to comb through this because you're thinking that you're going to find something wrong with God's Word and not just a type, typing error from some publisher or whatever, Right, depending on what you're looking at, that tells me what's really going on. Oh man, it's infallible. It's an errant word of God. It means it's absolutely perfect. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God, if you please, may be perfect and truly or completely furnished unto all good works. When we choose to listen, when we choose to meditate upon God's instruction every day, then I can tell you, if I'm in God's word and I'm meditating on this, it's going to be much easier to actually apply this word to my life. If I'm not in God's word, if I'm not meditating on God's word, it becomes very easy to listen to me, myself, and I because I have no other, uh, uh, anything else to gauge upon, right? And maybe you're sitting here, maybe you used to be in God's word a long time ago and you think, man, I memorized enough scripture for a lifetime. If, man, I was a student of the Bible back in the 1980s, but I learned everything I could learn. You're headed for trouble. Because see, the moment that we get so familiar with a verse of Scripture that is no longer useful in our life, we've decided that we don't want to listen to God's instruction anymore. See, we're saying that we want to be shaped by something other than God's Word. In fact, do me a favor. Turn just a couple of pages over to Psalm 19. It's on page 385. Psalm 19, 385. I want you to see something about this instruction because every verse that I'm going to read, you're going to see a phrase here and every phrase that I mention will be referencing the word of God. And so let's see what Psalm 19, what David by the inspiration of God tells us here. Look at verse number seven and following. Verse number seven, the Bible says the law of the Lord is what? I should just close right now. Listen, you want to be instructed by something other than the law of the Lord that's perfect? That doesn't make sense. Notice verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord, again, speaking of the word, is sure, making the wise simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Verse number 10, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Verse number 11, moreover, by them, by the word of God, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them, see that? And in keeping of them, there is great reward. Oh, my friends, a blessed life comes from being in Christ and abiding in Christ through his word. Psalm 119 and verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, Blessed are the undefiled, watch it, 
in the way, in the road or course of life who walk or behave, in other words, in the law of the Lord. Verse number two, blessed are they that keep, maintain or obey his testimonies and that seek him or follow him with the whole heart. Oh, my friends. When the word of God is dwelling richly, when it, when it takes up root, when it's at home in our heart, when it's at home in our heart, not only are you and I going to be blessed, but you and I are going to have an incredible desire to do everything that God says to do in his word. The reason sometimes this rubs our fur the wrong way, so to speak, is because the word of God is not dwelling richly in our heart. What happens is we supplant, we actually take God's word and we say, you know what, I'm going to follow what the world is saying right now for a while. It won't be very long until you're listening to the wisdom of the world. That's what verse 1 is all about. Do not walk, do not walk in the way of the ungodly. Do not stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. This is what it's all talking about. Oh, my friends, this instruction manual, if you please, is of no use. It's of no use to you or to me if we don't read it and apply it to our lives. By the way, just coming on Sunday morning or once in a blue moon on Sunday or a Wednesday or whatever and hearing the Word of God is really, it's good, but it's really of no use and you can hear it and you can even read it, but until we apply it, it's really of no value. I have a car that the church allows me to drive. Nice car. Gets good gas mileage. Do you know that car is of no value to me unless there's gas in it? That car is of no value to me until I start it. That car never gets me from point A to point B until I put it in drive and actually start driving down the road. I can read God's word. By the way, that's, that's great. Because the more, you know, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we know that's great. But until I actually take what I read or take what I hear and start applying it to my life and start living according to its statutes, according to its, its teachings, its judgments, and on and on, its law and, and commandments and everything that's here in God's word, until I actually apply it, it is really of no use or value. It's been said that humankind must have some delight, some supreme pleasure. Our heart was never meant to be a vacuum. If not filled with the best things, then it'll be filled with the unworthy or disappointing. Oh, listen, whatever we fix our minds upon, whatever we allow to influence ourselves or, or shape the affections of our hearts, it's going to impact our lives. That's why I believe the Apostle Paul was led by the Holy Spirit of God to write when he wrote to the church at Colossians, Colossians 3, 1 and following. He said these words, he said, Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. If your life is hid in Christ, there's no reason to be seeking anything of the world. He's the one that blesses us with everything. We need to seek him and him first. I love what Jeremiah 15, 16 says. Jeremiah said, thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Is the instruction of God's word the joy, the rejoicing of your heart? Oh, listen, if you're, if you're choosing to resist the evil influence of, uh, of this world and, it, and if you're choosing each and every day to be instructed from God's word, then the reality is verse 3 says that you and I are going to re reap the results of those godly choices. Look, in verse number 3, it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season and his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. When a believer chooses, when a believer chooses to resist evil, chooses to be receptive to and be nourished by the word of God, that same believer is going to reap a life of blessing. Not because they are good, but because God is good. Verse 3 teaches us that a blessed life is going to be marked by strength and stability. You see it there in verse number 3. Look at the passage. It says, like a tree planted by the rivers of water. 
Have you ever tried to transplant a tree? Didn't get a lot of water? Or even plant a tree. It doesn't have to be a transplant. The reason I thought about transplant was I was over at the house where Larry and Jackie live, and I was looking at that tree, Larry. Uh, what was it? Uh, was it a Japanese maple tree? Isn't it something? It's just a hardy tree. It's just growing and growing. But I would imagine Larry has cared for it in a way to where it's nourished with water and on and on. See, a tree that is planted by the rivers, watch, it says here in verse 3, and you should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That tree is, is going to be stable. That tree is going to be strong. It's also going to be a tree that's productive. It brings forth, notice verse 3, it brings forth its fruit in his season. Listen, it's important to recognize that the psalmist is saying that a blessed life is like a tree producing fruit, not a worker picking fruit. A lot of times we think we're fruitful because we go out and we're picking fruit. No, our lives ought to be producing fruit. The very life that we live. Oh, listen, when we delight in and meditate on God's word, it produces fruit. We don't produce anything. God does all the producing. In fact, in John chapter 15, Jesus said fruitfulness actually comes from abiding in him and his word. And in Galatians chapter 5, you know the passage in verse 22 and 23. We're reminded of the fruit that we have. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, listen, a blessed life, verse 3. If we're being influenced by God and we're listening to his word, it's, we're going to be strong and stable. We're going to be productive. It's also, we're going to live a life that's renewed. It says, his leaf shall not wither. Someone said this, a tree with good roots can withstand bad conditions. I like that. A tree with good roots can withstand bad conditions. It endures hard times of drought. Maybe you're here this morning, you're going through a season of drought. Maybe you're going through a season of discouragement or despair, or even, I dare say, depression. Can I tell you, if your tree is planted by the rivers of the water of life, the life giver will see you through that time. If your roots are not planted by the rivers, if your tree is not planted, if you're on some other way than God's way, it's very hard to get through that season of discouragement, despair, and depression, and on and on. Oh, listen, it's so incredibly important for a life that prospers, a life that is blessed. You see, brown, dead, or withered leaves would be a sign of dryness and death and a sign that we got to get out the leaf blower or the rake. But Scripture says a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, that blessed life, the leaves will be green and alive. Verse 3 also says that a blessed life is going to be profitable. The Bible says, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Folks, let me just say this. You may never know how profitable your life is on this side of eternity. But I can assure you God's keeping the record. You say, well, man, I've taught Sunday school for 38 years. I've never seen one of these young children. I've never seen anybody trust Christ. Just keep teaching the word of God. Because you have no clue what kind of impact you're having on somebody. But I can assure you, God does. And he's keeping the record. And one day, all will be made bare. Oh, listen, it's profitable. It's profitable. Look at verse four, verses 4 through 6. We're told that the future of an ungodly life is bleak. In fact, look at the very last phrase of verse 6. It concludes by saying that the road, the course of life of the ungodly shall perish. In other words, it's a life headed for destruction because it's a life of self-reliance. It's a life of self-centeredness. It's a life of self-instruction. It's a life that says, guess what? I'm on my own. I'm okay that way. And guess what? I'm going to make my own decisions. I'm going to listen to myself because I am absorbed with myself. Therefore, I need nobody. But the beautiful thing of God's word is that he offers another choice. He offers us another choice and you say, well, where does he offer it? Probably in the most recognizable verse of all scripture, God offers another choice. In John chapter 3 and verse number 16, while talking to Nicodemus, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, watch it, that whosoever believeth in him should not what? There's a way that prospers, and there's a way that perishes. But you see, God was 
already thinking about it before you and I ever came along. He said, and whosoever believeth in him, my son Jesus Christ, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, listen, don't be uncertain today. What choice do you make? Which way do you choose? Are you, are you living in a way that is prospering? Or are you living in a way that is ultimately headed for perishing? Look at the first part of verse 6. i got to wrap it up. Verse part of verse 6 says, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous or the blessed. Verse 3 says it shall prosper. prosper. But what I want you to see in verse number 6 is this word knoweth. It comes from a Hebrew word and it means to know. But it, it's much more than just knowing. You're like, well, that's what it says. He knoweth. It's much more than just knowing. It's more than just actually seeing. It's more than being aware of something. It's more than just taking down information. When God's word says that he knoweth the way, look here in verse 6, he knoweth the way of the righteous. God's word is reminding us that he is intimately and personally involved. He knows the way. You want to know why he knows the way? You want to know why I can say with surety that he is intimately and personally involved? Because the way of his children, right? He's delighting in that way, but he's there with them in the way. He's leading, he's guiding, he's directing our way as we walk in him, as we're rooted and grounded and built up, as Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 and 7 says. As we, as we walk in him, he knows the road or course of life we're on because he's with us. He's leading us. In fact, uh, I love Proverbs 4 and verse 18. The Bible puts it this way by saying, But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. So which way are we living? Which way do we choose? Are we living in a way that prospers? Or are we living in a way that ultimately perishes? And guess what? If you say, well, I, 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 I'm a believer but I've been making choices as if I was in the way that perishes. Can I tell you, the beautiful thing is, do this. You still have breath. You can make a choice today that says, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. I know you love me and I've trusted you. I've trusted Christ as my Savior, but I'm asking you to forgive me today because... I've been following my way. 2022, maybe I followed my way more than I should have. God, maybe I made choices that I shouldn't have made. Maybe I went places I shouldn't have gone. Maybe I did things I shouldn't have done. Maybe I saw things I shouldn't have seen. Maybe I said things I shouldn't have said. God, and those things, those things happen because, God, I'm being honest with you. God, I was following my way. So God, I'm asking you today to forgive me. I'm asking you, I'm, I'm asking you to work in my life. I'm recommitting myself, as it were. Lord, I'm, I'm going to recommit myself. It's 2023. It's January the 1st. I want to recommit myself to live according to your word that says that I will walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. I'll not stand in the way of sinners. I'll not sit in the seat of the scornful. But God, I need you to strengthen me so that I delight. I'm going to make the choice to receive your instruction and apply, yours and apply your instruction each and every day of my life. And God, that's my New Year's resolution. By the way, we make a bunch of resolutions, don't we? And then usually about week two of January, we've, <laughs> we've given up on those resolutions. My prayer is that we grow spiritually like never before in 2023. Travis was asking me a couple weeks ago, what's the plan? What's the vision? What's, what's the dealio for 2023? I think God would be honored if in 2023, everyone in this church, those who are watching, those who are away on vacation, those who are sick, everyone who, who is a part of Battlefield Baptist Church. By the way, if you're here and you're not a member yet, but you're looking for a good church family, there's no reason, there's no reason you shouldn't be a part of this church. I believe a good plan for 2023 would be that we all grow more in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that we would not only know it, but that we would live it out. 
I pray that lives will be changed by the power of gospel in 2023. And that'll happen more if we collectively, more on a grander scale, are walking in the way that prospers. Right? Because people in the marketplace, people in your workplace, people in your neighborhood, people in your family. Who here has a family member that needs Jesus? Let's just take a quick poll. Somebody, everybody look around. Look around. Take a look. Somebody in your family that needs Jesus. I believe that if we would recommit ourselves on January the 1st, 2023, to walk according to His Word and not be influenced by the evil influences of this world, not to be caught up with all of the, the cultural topics of the day, but to be caught up with Christ, right? More so than anything else. I believe that if we would do that, I believe God would bless in such a way that we wouldn't have room to put people in this, in this sanctuary. I really believe that. I won't point it out, but thanks for sharing the good news of your friend with me the other day. You see, the power of the gospel makes a difference in our lives. And it can make a difference in the lives of our family members or friends or co-workers, those who need Christ. But I can tell you, you say, well, I invite somebody to church all the time and they never come. Maybe we ought to ask ourselves why they don't come. If you're really honest and you're really asking somebody to come with you to church all the time and they just constantly say, no, 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 no. Maybe the bigger question is, why won't they come and worship Jesus with you? I don't mean to be a downer, but the reality is maybe we're not living our life in a way that brings God honor and glory. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what? At the beginning you asked me what team I'm on, what, what group I'm in, which way I'm walking. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior. Maybe you've heard a lot of talk about Jesus. Maybe you've been to church, but you've never actually turned and said, you know what, my way is not the right way. Lord, I'm going to trust you today. I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking you to come into my life. I'm tired of playing games. If you're like me, I'm getting too old to play games. As I said last week, it seems like time is speeding up the older I get. And you may be in your 20s here and you think, man, this year took forever. Just wait till you're in your upper 50s or 60s or beyond. I never like to say my age because I love it. All the, all the people who are more senior than me look back at me. <laughs> wait till you get to be 80, son. <laughs> Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. <laughs> 2023, there's a lot of potential out there. But I believe God laid this, this passage, and I ask you to go back and read it today. I believe he laid it on my heart for a reason. Blessed is the man or the woman that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man or woman who stands not with sinners. Blessed is the man or woman who doesn't sit down, doesn't hang around with the scornful but that man or that woman, that young man, that young woman, the blessed one is the one who delights in what I have to say. The one who loves what I have to say. The one who desires to hear what I have to say. The one who loves it so much that it consumes them. They start thinking about it. They start meditating on it. They read a passage and they say, Lord, help me to do this today. Help me to be your light. Help me to be your salt today. Help me to share your love, to share your truth with somebody today. That's the blessed person. Because that person will be planted right beside the rivers of water 
That person understands that I am the vine and they are merely the branch. That person understands that without me, they can do nothing. That's what God's word is saying to us today. So as we begin a new year, I'm asking you, if you don't know Christ, wouldn't you just give him your life today? Wouldn't you just say, I'm tired of playing games. I'm trusting you as my savior. And you might be 75 years old today. You may have never trusted Christ. You know, being saved isn't just for 10-year-olds or 8-year-olds. There are a lot of people who have been playing games with God for a long time, I believe. Maybe you need Jesus today. Maybe you need to recommit your life today. I'm begging you, as we begin a new year, that as we sing a song of invitation, that you would take time to pray, to seek the face of God, and to recommit yourself to a better 2023. You say, man, I did great in 2022. I think we could all do better in 2023. So let's do that. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. God, help us to desire it. Help us to delight in it. Help us to meditate upon it day and night. Help us to make it a part of every decision that we make. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise. We'll be careful to give you the honor. Lord, we know that all good gifts, all perfect gifts come from you. And so, Lord, I pray that we will look upon this beautiful gift of your word with new eyes, with a new desire. And Lord, I pray that we will apply it and you'll be pleased from it. Lord, I pray for the one who needs Christ today, that they would be bold enough, that they would have enough faith to step out and to call upon the name of the Lord and receive Christ as their Lord and Savior in this place. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we give you the glory for it all. For it's in the precious name of Christ that we do pray and for his sake. Amen and amen.